Hello and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. I'm Aaron and Brie is not with us today, but I am joined by one of the original founders of the Categorically Romance podcast. Sarah is back with me today. Sarah, welcome back. So good to have you. Thank you. And we are also joined by another returning guest, author Lisa Lynn. Lisa, so glad to have you back. Thank you for having me. Of course. So today we are recording our May Books Club episode, and we're calling this one Teen Dream Books Club. (laughs) And it's all about either the Babysitter's Club or Sweet Valley High or whichever... Whichever series just touched your heart as as a teenager or a young young adult. So let me start with a little bit of history here. So we'll start with Babysitter's Club, uh, mm-hmm. also known as BSC. Uh, according to Wikipedia, is a series of novels written by Anne M. Martin and published by Scholastics between 1986 and 2000 that sold 176 million copies. Martin wrote estimated to be about 60 to 80 novels in the series, but the subsequent novels were written by ghost writers, uh, such as Peter Laringis. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, The Babysitter's Club is about a group of friends living in a fictional suburb town of Stony Brook, Connecticut, who run a local babysitter babysitting service called the Babysitter's Club. The original four members were Christy Thomas, founder and president, Mary Ann Spear, secretary, uh, Claudia Kishi, vice president, and Stacy McGill, the treasurer. But the number of members varies throughout the series. So how does how does Wikipedia hold up to what what you all remember about the Babysitters Club? Oh, it's completely accurate. I'm doing a reread through the series as we speak. So yeah (laughs) it's delightful and it's that's exactly how i would have described the series as well yeah um pretty accurate um i remember thinking as a kid where is stony brook i want to go there but (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) excellent so what did what does the Babysitter's Club series mean to to you both? It's it's very close to both of your hearts, I know, just from talking with both of you. So, uh, give us give us the the origin story of Babysitter's Club with uh, with both of you. Lisa, can you start us off? Um, it was one of the first series I binged. Um, I'll say this before. I'll say it again. One of the best things my parents ever did for me was just taking my sister and I to the library regularly. Um, so I just devoured the books there. Um, it's just, feeding was a fun hobby. It wasn't something my parents are trying to force down on me, like eating your vegetables. Like, and I hate when parents do that, when they <laughs> grab Captain Underpants out of their kid's book and say, you have to read Dickens. Like, just let <laughs> them read Captain Underpants. Because if you don't let them recap the underpants, they're never going to get to Dickens. I promise if you let them, they'll get there, but you're never going to. So that, that is my rant. But <laughs> <laughs> but one of my favorite things was like, Claudia was Japanese-American, like an mm-hmm. Asian-American character. Like, how cool was that? Like, Claudia and I have nothing in common. She's artistic, and I can't barely do a stick figure. And her fashion choices are unique. And I don't have that fashion sense, but it was so great that like there was an Asian character in the series, which was awesome. For the uh, for the time period, just jumping off of that, for the time period of the early 1980s when the series came out, for the time period, it was diverse. You know, I mean, you had an Asian American character, you had an African American character with Jesse, um, you had kids whose parents were divorced, parents getting remarried. Like in that aspect, it it wasn't like and, and I'm we're going to touch on Sweet Valley later but it wasn't as whitewashed I hate to say as Sweet Valley was if that makes any kind of sense um and I think yeah. that was great for kids to be reading I got my it was the first book series that I I mean I read when I was younger a little princess um the, you know the secret garden stuff like that but my father actually bought four of the books for me when he was away on a trip and once they got in, I, I have reread the series numerous times. Like I said, I'm doing a reread now just for nostalgic sake. And it's, it's delightful. It's, 
it, it is the series that got me reading at the end of the day. You know, I, I love the friendship group. And I, I guess I was like a lot of other little girls at the time who were like, I'm going to start my own babysitting club. <laughs> and I'm going to, you know. <laughs> I mean, which one of you had your own private phone line for that, though? Precisely. Uh, like, that was a big to-do. You're like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was how Claudia became the VP because she had right? the she had the you know, the private phone line. So she had the access and she provided the venue, you know, and like, the snacks. don't forget the snacks, <laughs> <laughs> which were hidden all over her house because her parents, no, all over her room because her parents didn't approve of her junk food habit, but yeah, that and her Nancy Drew habit because, you know, Nancy Drew are such horrible books, right? <laughs> I mean, okay. Like, can Sarcasm, we just of course. <laughs> But if you really drill down into it, Nancy Drew is an 18 year old like bopping around the country and the world solving cases that season yep. investigators couldn't. So mm-hmm. that, that that pushes your suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. inherently, there's nothing wrong with enjoying a good Nancy Drew novel. Absolutely not. Who wouldn't want to be an 18 year old like driving around your own little convertible? Like. <laughs> absolutely and to go along with what you said earlier sarah like it was really include like i remember there was a book that dealt with with the with the what what, with the character who had autism well not necessarily in the best way but at least it it was there like there was one i think where you know like it dealt with a lot of heavy topics like it dealt with mimi's death like their death like when mimi died and when christy lost their dog louie like and it dealt with there was i think one about child abuse if i'm remembering correctly i haven't gotten that far in the series again and then also racism that some of the characters face you know i mean really these weren't just yeah they were the bulk of them were light fluffy fun but there yeah. were some that you'd get a harder topic and, and they did it well. Again, I'm for, for t- today's day and age, maybe not as well, but for 1986, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the whole big to-do about Stacey's diabetes, it was such a oh, yeah. scandalous secret. Um, And today we're like, she has diabetes. She has an insulin pump thingy. Yep. Like, it's it's all good. Like, what what's the deal? <laughs> You know? And even for kids who might have some sort of, it might not be diabetes, but maybe kids who spend a lot of time in hospital as a kid. Oh, there's someone I can relate to. She knows what I'm going, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you see yourself in her a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I still remember the classic book fairs and there was a new book there. Oh. Like, I, oh God. Yes. <laughs> the scholastic book fair. <laughs> we need those as adults, do we not? <laughs> Oh, I would, I would return to the Scholastic Book Fair for sure. Right? <laughs> like, you guys remember, like, the paper, like, pamphlet and the order forms? Like, it was yes. such a huge deal. Oh. oh, my God. Yeah, that was, that was a big day in, in mm-hmm. class when, when the Scholastic little, you know, flyer came out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> forget Absolutely. math, forget everything else. I got to check off some books here, okay, people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, this is this is great. This is exactly what I was hoping for with this episode to just get you two in in the <laughs> space together and the, just let you go off about your your fanning of uh, fangirling, yeah, <laughs> of all the all things Babysitter Club and Sweet Valley High. Which to mention, let's now go to the Wikipedia of Sweet Valley High. So Sweet Valley High is a series of young adult novels attributed to American author Francine Pascal, who presided over a team of ghostwriters to produce the series. The book chronicles the lives of identical twins, Jessica and Elizabeth Wakefield, who live in the fictional Sweet Valley, California, a suburb near Los Angeles. The twins and their friends attend Sweet Valley High. The series began in 1983 and concluded 20 years later after the publication of 181 books. The books are generally classified as young adult or children's fiction and belong mostly to the genre of soap opera, romance novel, or fantasy adventure. The series quickly gained popularity and spiraled several spin-off series, including Sweet Valley Senior Year and Sweet Valley University, as well as a television adaptation. In July 2017, a film adaptation was also announced. 
There's nothing more on that there, but uh, the novels Sweet Valley Confidential and The Sweet Life, which followed the characters as adults, were published in 2011 and 2012. So what, how does that uh, cover Sweet Valley High and what does, uh, what does the Sweet Valley High series mean to both of you? Lisa, they, you want to start? They barely scratched the yeah. show element. Like, Sarah, <laughs> we need to dig in here. And I, and I would just like to start with the original We need to rewrite that Wikipedia article. Oh my <laughs> God. Start with the covers because there's no way those are damn 16 year olds on those covers. Oh, oh yeah, I, was, I Googled it and I saw those covers and I'm like, these are not high schoolers. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Like, like the boobs are out of there. The, the hair is teased to those. And like the expression on their faces, like those are not 16 year olds. Yeah, Elizabeth looks like a stay at home mom of four kids. And Jessica looks like. <laughs> like she's that trying to get Marilyn Monroe. Like Marilyn right. Monroe was like some vixen of run for their money. The books always start off the same way. They always give a oh, physical whoa. description, like how they're five, six and the matching and the blonde hair and the matching necklaces and the perfect size six things and all yes, that. Yes, the perfect size six, yes. <laughs> yes. And like we were talking about while like Babysitter's Club was trying to be representative, Sweet Valley High was whitewashed as hell. 100%. And you know, and, and I'll, I would say that and I would agree with it. I still love them because they were just trash reading, like soap opera trash reading. But the, yeah, oh, no, absolutely. they did get a bit inclusive towards the end. They added a black character. Kudos to them. Um, but, <laughs> but like you know, the most of the, it, it dealt with the twins and and their lives and how popular they were and how rich some of the people in town were and you know the poor people were shunned and they were almost treated as being evil or mean or bad people you know what oh, i mean like the scandal was, when steven oh, was yeah. dating trisha martin from the oh wrong side goodness. of the tracks the <laughs> scandal because her father drank too much <laughs> the scandal i know i know like oh my god but God, they were fun to read. They were like candy, were they not? Oh my God. Like you could just turn your brain off and just devour it. And like, 100%. do you remember the one? Do you remember the one where like Regina and her parents got kidnapped? Yes. Yes. I can't remember the title of it now. Hostage. I think it was just called That's Hostage. Right. Was it Hostage? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, Elizabeth and Jessica <laughs> were in peril danger. Like every year, <laughs> they got there was always yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth got kidnapped. Yeah, um, Elizabeth was kidnapped. Yep. I mean, and you and usually it's because of something Jessica did. Honestly, yeah, I couldn't stand <laughs> Jessica. I hate. I actually dislike Jessica with every fiber of my being. Like how many t every at least once a book she would be like, "It's Lizzie. It's my turn to cook, but dinner. But can you do it for me?" Yeah, or like. <laughs> and Elizabeth is such a pushover and she just always does it and it's oh, like yeah. just Jessica yeah. being Jessica and I'm like they were going oh, too yeah. far in the like the dichotomy to display how different their personalities were yeah like, I noticed that a lot like why too much Elizabeth became like a pushover at some point when it comes to Elizabeth with Jessica like absolutely like, absolutely just no. <laughs> and I mean, I'm I'm rereading through that series as well now because they're actually all available on Kindle Unlimited. So, <gasps> right? You've got to pay for the first 12, but after book 12, they're all available on KU. So in case any listener out there wants to delve back into the wonderful world of Sweet Valley, hi. <laughs> but I just finished the one where Regina decided to go to Switzerland to become undeaf because that's a thing. <laughs> That's you know, a, like the, that, that's that's that yeah, she was a surgery and what yeah. was surgery and stuff. I'm fine. But my like I finished that book and I'm like, okay, I whatever. But then I'm like, why couldn't she just be happy the way she was? But then I was because I just reviewed it. I'm like, <laughs> but she was sweet valley death because she could still read lips perfectly and she didn't talk any differently. You know, and, and this is not it, but sometimes like deaf people talk in a different way because they don't hear speech, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she did not have that. She spoke perfectly. So and 
Yeah, she was understood perfectly. She understood. Yes. She could understand everyone perfectly. Like there was, there was a scene in the book where she walks in the house. She's like, "Hi, everybody, I'm home." And I thought to myself, "What are you waiting for? For them to yell back at you?" Like, I it, it just... was like she was deaf when it was convenient. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, and she yeah. was also a bit Mary Sue because she single-handedly got Bruce Batman to like do a complete 180 where he was no right? longer a jerk. Yep, yep, yep. And like but to prove changes. it, he was going to be selfless and love yeah. and like let her and go let her go to Switzerland. Yeah, and. <laughs> But I mean, for all the mocking that we're doing, there were a number of books that actually dealt with some more serious talk. It deals with, speaking of Regina, it deals with suicide, does it not? Am yes. I remembering later in the series? Yeah. And I, also oh, hate rape. Or, or, yes, that was Lila. And I think Regina was an accidental overdose, I think, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But it's still, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. That was and a like, very heavy topic. And of course, the minute she goes, like she passes, Bruce just goes back to his old self and he's like a damn jerk again. <laughs> and driving his Porsche with the with the license plate one, Bruce one. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> back, like, can we just, do you, did you, Sarah, do you remember reading the ones where there was like this, the historical ones, which yeah, like traces I back love, some of the, I have them all on my bookshelf. <laughs> okay. So here's what I don't understand. Like in the historical, like his parents seem like pretty normal. Yes. Like, like his her mom Marie was like pretty normal. And there was a whole thing about again, the whole it, like she had leukemia. So she had to yes. she decided to break up with his father and his whole thing. But then in the series canon, she is a total awful snob. So like what oh, happened Jesus. to that Marie? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's um, yes. And then yeah. those those historical ones, the Wakefields of Sweet Valley, Sweet Valley Saga. Lila it, had just, a book. Lila got one Lila, too. Yeah, Lila's family and Bruce's family, and then the twins. Because you know, no other character was important enough to. I lived for those when I was like thirteen <laughs> years old. Like getting this like historical air quotes book, and it was like so much thicker than the rest of the books, and you had to step back. Oh, it's oh, like what oh. my, you know, it's like what my aunt read with all those like old bodice ripper historical. Like that's what it felt to me, right? And I felt and, so adult. Yeah. And like, was anyone surprised that Lila descended from some French aristocrats who really survived? Oh yeah, I know, right? The French Revolution, <laughs> like this close to the guillotine, like and yeah, this yeah. close. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that is close. great. I <laughs> I love that they had a historical like. Yeah, yeah completely, <laughs> completely historically inaccurate because I, I believe, like, oh, really, Lisa? I, I would, <laughs> I, I kind of doubt that. <laughs> yeah. but, but what was great about the historical ones is like every single generation, someone from their parent, like someone from the dad's side, met someone with the mom's side, and they almost got married, but then they were split apart, and yeah. then two generations later, the kids or grandkids meet up, and the same thing happens until finally you know, Ned and Alice meet and marry and have the, t I'm like, really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> but again, yes. to 13-year-old me, oh, this is so romantic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, there is, it, it was such ridiculousness. I, like, apparently, what, like, Bruce's grand, like, Bruce's great-great-grandmother or something, William and Helena, like, yeah. they, they had the baby, and then the baby died, but not really, because it was his accidental switch at birth because the nurse yeah. like switched the bracelets so oh god and then oh god it was ridiculous and oh, i mean I but it. if you want to talk the epitome of ridiculousness was the book number 100 the evil twin where elizabeth and jessica just so happened to have a doppelganger who's evil and is traveling across the country to kill one of them that was just <laughs> And was there ever, I don't remember if there was any explanation about why Margot was she just was so happened. It just so happened. It just so happened. That's the way it works in Sweet but Valley. Then, but then there's an even more eviler twin, no, Margot's twin, Nora. Yeah, because didn't she have a twin? <laughs> yes, even eviler. <laughs> yes, and, and, and I agree with you. There were some that like delved into like deeper like issues, like mm. the one like with the assault with like Lila Don't and go John home with Pfeiffer, Ron, I think it was called, which came out of nowhere. Like, 
John just yeah. turned evil for some reason. Yeah, no, he was working on the school paper, and then all of a sudden he became like date rapist. Like, it didn't yeah. make any sense to me. But I mean, even even with that one, like the joking of the uh, book one hundred, the lead up to that one dealt with drinking and driving, and <laughs> you know, with Jessica's boyfriend's death. Sorry, everybody. Spoiler alert here for Sweet Valley High. But, you know, but like, and then the next book that followed were like the trial and, you know, all the things. And it was, I remember reading those being like, oh my God, like how horrible this was. And then you got to the ridiculousness. It's like they had all this seriousness and they're like, okay, we're done being serious now. Let's throw in an evil twin for fun, you know? <laughs> I mean, lighten yes. things up. <laughs> exactly. And looking back, I feel like Todd and Elizabeth were just the most boring couple ever. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> now, did like, you read Sweet Valley Confidential? I remember some of it, but like, I not, I remember, yeah, I remember some of it, but I not remember like, actually being angry at it because they oh totally god. turned the cannon on its head, right? <laughs> like everything that you knew as a reader, like, what is this? That's why they shouldn't do that. Once a series is done, leave it. Let mm -hmm. the reader think about where the characters are now. Does that make sense? Or let let the let the AO3 folks go wild over there. Let them do their thing. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like honestly, the best thing they did was like ship Todd off to Vermont for a while. Like that's what makes that interesting. <laughs> I believe it was like for his dad's job or something. So it was a whole heartbreak. I think so. But I do love that that 20-year span the series ran was only one year. <laughs> but it was the same with the Babysitter's Club, too. They never ate. Like, they, they didn't really age. It was just, it just, you kept they having were, Christmases and you kept having, you know, whatever, right? They were like the Simpsons. It's frozen in time. Correct. Mm -hmm. which, which was part of the appeal, I think. You know, if yeah. you aged them, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the same, right? And besides, what is time? It's not but a social construct. True what is time? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'll be eternally 16 living in beautiful sweet Valley. <laughs> I mean Worst with the lavalier it. necklace, why not? And, and my what what the hell was the car? A faint? Fate? A spy fire spider, I think, or something no, like Lila that. Well, Lila had a spider. A triumph or something like that. That's it. Yes, you're correct. You're correct. Yes. Yeah. I, I remember yeah. like looking it up. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted Bruce's car. I mean, like, doesn't everyone just get an awesome car for their 16th birthday? Of course that's a thing. You didn't? <laughs> <laughs> you know, funnily enough, I have a I have a friend that his daughter just turned 16. And for some reason, she was obsessed with 90, 1990s era Mazda Miatas. And he found really? one and bought it for her. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so well, it, it happens here and there. And, and you know what? Good for her. Good for him. Like, but, I mean, but in general. <laughs> all, all I will say is the area where I went to high school, let's just say the student parking lot had better and more expensive cars than the faculty parking lot. And we'll leave it at that. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Wow. Mm hmm. Bougie white people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I drove my mom's Dodge Spirit. We shared that. <laughs> I mean, yes. And, and sometimes I actually like the books that like that didn't feature the twins. Like, like mm -hmm. do you remember the one where they had that song contest and it was like Lynn Henry and she was like obsessed with like the guy in the band, but she and she and yes. they had the wrong summary contest and she was so shy and she submitted like her song anonymously yeah. and everyone just fell in love with the entry. And then that, and he fell in love with her over the song. And I'm like, of course, I remember that. Yeah, but you're right, though. The ones that didn't, but it always came back to the twins. They were always in the books, regardless. Yes, Even because of course, like a, you know? yeah, because of, of course, Elizabeth is the one who busts Lynn and finds out her identity because she just happened yeah. to be at the music store where Lynn was giving a lesson and she heard the voice and she's like, that's the voice, that's the voice. <laughs> Oh my God, they were crazy, but they were so, now I also, you know, embarrassingly enough, I did read Sweet Valley Twin as, Twins as well. I did read a bit of Sweet Valley University, but they didn't, they weren't as good for me as the original. Like, what, ha what, what happened to Enid? It's like, they just, she was just gone. That was it. Like she just, whatever. <laughs> like a Sweet Valley University, she turned into like a whole thing. Uh, and also, 
as for the Sweet Valley Twins, like I didn't want to be a unicorn. That didn't seem fun. Oh God, yeah. No, all they did was talk about boys and clothes. How boring. They were gossipy and mean girls before mean girls were a thing. Yeah, no, they yeah, they were they were the original mean girls. You're absolutely correct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they were being celebrated in these books, right? Oh, literally. Yeah. <laughs> because they were the popular girls and everyone wanted to be one. But mm-hmm. you know, so like if you were one of the anointed chosen few, that was a big special honor. Which is why Jessica was so hell-bent on joining and Elizabeth couldn't care less. Exactly. Because, of course, Elizabeth would be the good twin and above all that, while, mm-hmm. you know, Jessica would be shallow. Well, oh. did, did either of you watch the, uh, the the television series that starred no. Brittany and Cynthia I Daniels? did. Embarrassingly <laughs> enough, I did, yes. <laughs> was it awesome? Oh, it was trash. It was just, it was, I don't even know how to describe it. It almost seemed like a parody of itself. If that makes, like, if you could make Sweet Valley any more of a parody, it was just like, I mean, it was the 90s, right? And it was Cynthia and Brittany Danielle who played the twins. Mm-hmm. And they just were like over the top, like the clothing and the characters. And it just. Were they trying to be clueless? Yes. Thank you. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That very California, Southern California, stereotypical type of a thing yeah yep i mean at least clueless was like paying homage to jane austen's emma but this was just mm-hmm. clueless is my favorite movie of all time and i don't care what that says about me because i love that blood movie <laughs> <laughs> and i used to want to know what deal paul rudd made with the devil because i swear he still looks the exact same he oh, does oh my yeah. God. <laughs> right he's a vampire <laughs> yes basically basically <laughs> i mean yeah, I watched the Sweet Valley t- TV show. I remember when the Babysitter's Club movie came out. Oh, I God. Was yeah. opening day. I, oh, was I remember so some of those, like, direct-to-video films, and, like, I would be yes, at Blockbusters. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, <laughs> Say hello uh, to your friends. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not going to have the song in my head. Did you, um, did you watch the Netflix, the new... Um, yes yes and i'm so mad they canceled it for so for no reason me too damn it netflix right yeah netflix (laughs) always cancels something once it gets good yeah my opinion with that the reason is though is because it didn't resonate the 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 audience that they wanted was like your 12 year old like the one who would have read the baby search club books right but the audience that they were getting were those of us who were watching it for nostalgic value and I just think it didn't have the audience that they wanted. Because you'll notice it dealt a lot with Christie's parents. Mm-hmm. We didn't know anything about Christie's parents in the books, really. You know, but there was like a whole thing about the infertility and whatever. And I'm like, 12-year-olds, I don't think care about that so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I mean, and God, Mark Feuerstein was like the honest puppy, like Watson. And I'm like, I'm here for that. And Alicia Silverstone is her mom. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I'm old enough to be Christie's mom at this point. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Sorry, they didn't really like they didn't go through the whole Bart and the competing softball teams. Like that would have been fun. I know, uh, I know. Uh, but I, I also I like I appreciated the, the series because it also dealt with like a lot of topical issues. Like, you know, like when they when with Mimi, they dealt with that. They also like talked about the whole the whole issue with Japanese internment like that Mimi went through yes. and and then you know Christy getting her first period and the whole like group mm-hmm. just like nodding around her but like that was important yep. um you know they, and they diversified it even more than they did in the books yeah I mean and really delving into like the sense of abandonment like to Christy's father just not like you know it, it totally got glossed over in the books like he was just gone and everybody just moved on but you yep. know yeah you know, and I think there was that episode where Marianne had to stand up for uh, one of her babysitter judges who was like a trans, like, a I guess, transgender. Like, yeah, yeah. Which was like, yeah. awesome. you know, yeah, but, because okay. the original yeah. book uh, was Marianne Saves the Day, where she, um, the kid gets sick with and a 104 fever, which is DEFCON 1, like all right. emergency. I mean, yeah, yeah. 
but it stayed that but the character was transgender and um then Marianne was dealing with like the hospital and no this is what they you know they want to be called right mm -hmm. and and standing up for the child in that aspect and I really liked it I really yeah, did like it I'm I was disappointed that we didn't get more and like you said like it, the audience ended up being us who were like oh this just takes us back they thought they were going to get the teen like the teen demographic oh. and that was not what it was I wanted just to get far enough to get the wedding between Marianne's dad and Dawn's mom. That's what I wanted, oh. and I would have been happy, right? <laughs> oh God! Like, like, look, like when you're when you're 13 and reading, you think, "Oh my God, Marianne's dad is awful." But as an adult, you were like, "He just lost his wife. He's doing this on his own. He has no Dude, idea what he's doing. Do. He's yeah. trying his best." Absolutely, he was. Absolutely. I mean, you know? the whole thing about how, like, she can only have pigtails and, like, and, <laughs> like I mean, yes, that was excessive, but maybe he was, like, it just makes my life easier, like, because I already have other things to do. <laughs> like, I can't be figuring out how to do, give your French braid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fine for that. <laughs> yeah. I gotta go to work, you know, like. <laughs> And like there was a soapbox back because I remember like when each of them got their books and apparently she finds out that she has grandparents in Iowa that she knew nothing about. Correct. Yes. And she lived with them for a brief period. Yes. And I think and what happened why. was like out, her mother died and like it became a whole strange thing because like the grandparents mm -hmm. wanted and like Richard just said, I'm raising my child, you know, mm -hmm. and oh gosh. Well, no, they tried to take her from him. They're like, well, oh, you're not equipped. Mm. You're a single dad, and then he got you're not back, equipped. And that's yeah. why he he kind of went overboard to show, okay, no, I can do this. You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah, yes. that's which, what it was. I think. Which totally makes what he like, you know, for us older like with perspective, it's understandable. Like he way right. overcorrected, but it's understandable. Yeah. <laughs> way overcorrected. Yeah, reading the series as an adult now, it's it's trippy because my niece <laughs> is thirteen, and I'm like, wait a minute. Would I let my niece babysit an infant? Would I let my niece, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, I babysat when I was 13, but not infants. <laughs> no, God, no. <laughs> oh my God. I'm just going to leave all these kids with you and, and have fun. See you later. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Oh God. Speaking of World War II, do you remember that story in Elizabeth and Jessica's like great grandparents or something? And like one of them just like enlisted underage in World War yes. II? And yes. then their grandmother was like a nurse who was a POW. Yes. Yes. Like yes. that, I think I that was that. my favorite story. Like love over the fell in love over the wireless. It was like they had to like she learned Japanese because she was that good. She just picked up Japanese. And she didn't understand does. the soldiers. Yes. Yeah. And they and like they communicate over the radio for two years and then they meet and they just immediately get married. They find the ship captain and get married. Yeah. <laughs> Because they didn't need to spend any time together getting to know each other at all. She doesn't mm -hmm. need to know whether he has a bad habit of like leaving his like leaving his clothes like on the floor instead of the hamper. Or if like, he's she, married to somebody else, you know, like or <laughs> like and she doesn't know if she's a you know, if she's exactly. like a terrible like cook and who's gonna like burn burn the dishes or just turn all his socks pink. Or like exactly. and she doesn't know if he's you know. And she's gonna he's gonna suck at repairing the car but they're in love damn it and they know when you know you know my favorite from that book was the circus where oh. they um oh god uh, and uh he was like working there and she was like on the high the tightrope or whatever it was the acrobatics and yes. she was native american and Dancing i, re and I was like yes rereading it now as an adult i'm like oh yeah she was native american but then they almost went out of their way in the book to make sure she didn't look Native American. Like, does that make sense? Like, yes. It was like, <laughs> no, 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 no. She was, and I, it disappointed me as an adult. I'm like, oh, I think it disappointed me as a kid, too. I'm like, oh, because <laughs> that's some diversity right there. Like, you know, but dancing wind. Yeah. And then, of course, she mysteriously dies, as they all do. <laughs> Tragically, while in childbirth. Tragically, yes. Having and, way for it, please. <laughs> and because... And I think probably because of complications from that acrobatic trip, because she was so desperate to get Cleo's right. attention. Yeah, she wasn't supposed to have kids, I think, if I'm remembering the book correctly. <laughs> mm -hmm. oh, Which, God. you know, back in 18-something, there really wasn't a lot of 
what were you gonna do you know what i mean yeah oh god let's the inf- like this is my thing like about the whole arguments about histor like historical accuracy and historical romance novels if you want to get historically accurate mm-hmm. like at least 50 percent of the heroines with that baby epilogue wouldn't be there that be she would have died so Absolutely. like if you really want to talk about like historical accuracy like mm-hmm. we don't talk about mm-hmm. the chamber pot yeah, yeah. no yeah. no no that's never a thing yeah of course not no i mean but, i love me a good historical romance absolutely love them but yes. then i got thinking about it because i read this book by Therese o'neill um about what it would be like to live in victorian times and the fact that they probably only bathe like once a week if that and then i'm thinking okay the two of you are getting it on in the library when was the last time either of you showered <laughs> i hate that that's where my mind goes now but unfortunately sometimes it does <laughs> That scene in the here from here to eternity where they're getting it on on the beach with the crashy waves is supposed to be romantic, but I'm like, sand, all that sand. It's not, an op- <laughs> it's not an optimal situation. Oh, that's not sexy. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, you do not want sand in that area. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's not a good time for anyone. My uh, my partner recently checked out a book from the library that it was about uh, the the Regency era, and I can't remember what it was. Good. <laughs> Underground Regency, I, I think, is what it was, and it was about anyone that was not extremely wealthy. Uh, it was just about all the situations that uh, everyday people had to deal with in Regency times, and how just nasty and ugly everything was. <laughs> I am so like, gonna have to look up that book because that's yeah. right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. I love reading stuff like that. Like, like even in Downton Abbey when they would have like the the chambermaids and like who would have to like you know and carry the heavy jugs of water up so like the trolleys yes. can have their baths. Like, yeah, you know, yes. <laughs> and if you were the youngest, they didn't change the bath water for everybody. No. Like you know, the father and then the mother and then the kids. And if you were the youngest kid, you were forget it you're just suing around in everybody's filth at that (laughs) oh i believe that's where the term throw the baby out with the bath water comes from you you lost the baby in in, in all that grind oh god i think you're absolutely correct yeah (laughs) oh god (laughs) but that's why you know like you just got to take all this stuff with a grain of salt right like Mm -hmm. just read it for what it is yeah absolutely All right. Well, let's talk about the books. Um, Lisa, what did you read specifically for Books Club this month? Um, Well, I actually (laughs) reread the first book in the series, you know. Yes. So the whole, and the whole thing, like that was one of the few times I felt like Elizabeth Joseph Backbone, where like Mm -hmm. she like got, like tricked Jessica into like switching outfits and then they threw her, Jessica, into the pool because apparently... That's a tradition. Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, the gossip columnist gets thrown in the pool. And the whole bit where, like, they they got, oh, I forgot his name. God. Um, like, they um, had that Kevin something or other. And, like, and, and Todd was the hero because he chased them down and rescued them yes. or something. Yes. <laughs> yes. I read that one. And then, obviously, I read Hostage. <laughs> Where they they, they they staged a simultaneous rescue because the only way it would work because Regina was held in one location and the moral parents were in another location was to break mm-hmm. them both at the same time. And so were the yeah. police involved in this rescue at all, or was it just the, <laughs> the friends and family? Yeah. I think I think at this point the police didn't re- believe us, so they decided they had to take matters into their own hands. I Excellent. <laughs> that's that's how it works. <laughs> Yes, and then there was this one, the one with the bike ride, and then there was the whole like scandalous one with like they just stopped in L.A. and then like they had that rich girl Courtney, and it was scandalous that she got she was smoking a cigarette, right? Oh my god, oh, yes. so shocking! I know. And like you know, and and this is how stupid Todd is. Like she, he got manipulated into standing up for him, covering for her, until it was discovered that she didn't properly put out that cigarette and then caused the fire. That's and that right. is, yeah. and that is what get her sent back home. Mm-hmm. It was a, mm-hmm. oh god, it was a whole mm-hmm. thing. But I mean, that was very that was very late 
80s 90s the whole anti anti-smoking <laughs> oh like i think this was the era when nancy reagan was like just say no kids yeah yeah <laughs> uh, like I, mean, I said i'm rereading through the series so i just finished yesterday reading number 18 which is the regina and bruce story um uh -huh. and you know with her being deaf and going to switzerland and the whole backstory with the mother that she blames herself for Regina's deafness because she was a model and she was pregnant and they wanted her to do one more photo shoot and she had to lose 10 pounds. So she took <gasps> diet pills and then it caused the deafness, right? And I'm like, you're lucky it only caused your child to be deaf. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, if you're taking diet pills while pregnant. But, and, um, you know, yes. Yes, mm -hmm. and she suffers from like guilt migraines. Yeah, guilt yeah, migraines. these guilt migraines and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, but I made it, it, it felt to me like the mother it was all about her, like, oh, I'm suffering so much because my poor baby. Regina's fine. Like, she's cool. She's like going to school. She's got friends. I she got that, that magazine cover. I don't remember. She got that magazine cover over right, yeah, Lila, uh, which over Lila, yeah. But like, which is sense, Lila. <laughs> I so badly wanted Regina in that book to be like, no, I'm good. I don't need to go to Switzerland. I can be fine being, and I feel if the story was written now, that's how it would have ended. But back then you had to be perfect, air quote. Yeah, or if she decided yeah. for that surgery, she had to decide it for her own reasons, whatever that Precisely. may be. It Precisely. wasn't just because like, so she could quote unquote get better. Exactly, exactly. You, you yes. know, like if she was fine as she was and then, you know, of course, as you said, Bruce selflessly letting her go, you know, and, and to go <laughs> for her own things. good and being able yeah, to miss yeah, her. Exactly. I'll be here waiting for you when you get back and all that stuff. Here's my thing. What takes a year for ear now? Okay. I'm no doctor, <laughs> but there are cardiac patients who've gone through open hearts, have had heart transplants that take less than a year to heal. What the heck are you doing for a year in Switzerland with an ear, you know, deafness thing? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. It just seems like a long time. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it seems excessive. But like she was back like in two months anyway because she got held well, in the world of Sweet Valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's it's fun to revisit them as an adult. And I mean, I will be the first to make comments and say this is utterly ridiculous. But I'm gonna keep reading them because they're like freaking potato chips. Yeah, you know, like. Mm -hmm. One just read one after another after another, and all things are problematic. Oh, yeah, as long as you know going in how problematic they are. And I do think I heard at one point, I think they rewrote some of the original books when they were releasing them, but people got really mad about it because they changed a lot of things, like they changed them from a size six to a size 10. Oh, <gasps> heaven forbid, I know, right? And you know, talked about stuff like I think they were trying to. Uh, you know, introduce in like cell phones, but you know, and I heard about that in the babysitters club too, but I thought you couldn't do that. The stories would be completely different if you en entered in modern technology. The whole point of the babysitters club was like Claudia had the only phone that they could use for club headquarters. That was the whole point. Well, and it wasn't just that, but there was one book, like I think it was book five, Dawn and the Impossible Three, where one of the babysitting charges goes missing. And she's desperately trying to reach the mother because the mother's at some event at the school. But of course, the mother doesn't have a cell phone. So she's trying to get a hold of somebody at the school. So, of course, it delays everything. If she could have just picked up and called the mom on the cell phone, the story would have been over. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the technology changes and I, and I don't and, think they would work. And I think it was the father like who just took Buddy because she was just Correct. so frustrated about yes. how ditzy yeah. and absent-minded yeah. the mom was and she was fed up. She's like, this is my day. I'm taking my son or something like that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. don't change them, you know, but just know going <laughs> in that these are not the greatest books you're going to are a pro <laughs> They are a product of their times. And they're wonderful. <laughs> They are. Well, for myself, I unfortunately could not, did not have time to finish. I know that sounds ridiculous. I couldn't finish one babysitter's club. I'm, I'm in the final weeks of my term here so, at school. Um, but I started reading uh, Christy and the Snob, which is book number 11 in the Babysitter's <laughs> Club series. Uh, and the Snobs, uh, plural, excuse me. It was the, it was the one babysitter's club book we had in the house and so i <laughs> i picked that one up <laughs> and yeah it, 
it was uh, it was dealing with um well i at least as far as i got um christy's mother had gotten remarried and they were in the new part the bougie mm-hmm. part of the town and having to deal with uh with the the rich snobs yes yes no spoilers yeah no nope, not giving any spoilers on that one <laughs> well you we know expect the- your thoughts on it aaron <laughs> 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 there was there was something that I was confused about is, is she was on the the opposite side of the town at the babysitters club now so uh was she gonna did she gonna get rides from her parents or did she just ride her bike oh across oh, town or oh, <laughs> oh that was a whole thing <laughs> yes that was, that was oh that was a big part of the drama in the book huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah no she uh, they paid they out of the club dues every week they paid her brother to drive her in the what was it? The junk bucket was the name of his car? Yeah. Yes. Something yep. <laughs> like that. And the whole thing was like, I think at one point, Charlie told Christy to like, get over yourself. Like, do you know that mom and Watson had to like pay or get a special like exception for oh, you? So yeah. you can keep going to your school instead of going to the school you're supposed to in your district? Yeah. yeah. Yes. That was like, the whole thing. And I, if I remember, like they were worried because they were going to offer like Charlie a dollar for yeah. every time he has to show for Christy. And then, like, and then, plot twist, Charlie said a dollar was too much. He would have been, 50 cents was um, was perfectly fine. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> how much was a gallon of gas back then? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, dude. <laughs> Sitting here talking about this, I'm like, if this knowledge was like for physics or math, I would be doing so well in my career right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> I can't even go on Jeopardy with this knowledge <laughs> right and then we, we didn't even talk about like 196 genius IQ sister Janine who was oh, yeah, the better teacher. Yeah. Yeah. and you know she's a genius because she throws around like five syllable words and like right and, yeah <laughs> and you know <laughs> And instead of saying, what are you having for breakfast? Like, what have you decided to partake for your son or something like that? And like, you know, your sustenance for when they hang the sign on the door in the first book on Claudia's door, Janine's standing there trying to see if it's grammatically correct. With the apostrophe. Yeah. She was like, yeah, like yeah, she, where the apostrophe yeah. should be. Yeah. <laughs> like going about the possessive and the plural. Yeah. And, yeah. Yes. And, and I love Claudia, the display of the door in her face. <laughs> And Claudia is like, who are you? How are we even related? You know? Oh, that was hilarious. Oh, which which also led to that thing when Emily Michelle came along and then she's convinced she's adopted. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Even though she looks just like her grandmother at the same age. But there was no birth announcement, Sarah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. But they didn't keep that stuff for the second kid. <laughs> Once you've had one kid, you don't... The first kid's oh. like, oh my God. The second kid's like, okay, we don't have time for this anymore. <laughs> okay, I, I follow this TikTok account and like one of the like things is like the first kid gets like a whole a whole like two or three photo albums and some videotapes, yeah. like documenting yeah. everything. The second kid maybe gets like a, pa- a couple pages in the baby book and some photos. The third kid gets nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah because the <laughs> because yeah. the the parents are looking after. <laughs> the parents have like three kids running around. They don't got time to document every like the first time you had a uh-huh. the first time you smushed a banana. Do you get over it? <laughs> yeah, you don't have time to just hang around the crib and take pictures of the sleeping baby. <laughs> you've got exactly. You got two <laughs> others to chase after. <laughs> This has yes. been this has been great. I, Lisa, can you give us a teaser or tell us a bit about the Rachel project? Um, well, the Rachel experiment came out on um, May sixteenth. Um, it's the second book in the series after the Year of Cecily. You meet Rachel in the Year of Cecily, and you kind of make the guy um, I paired up with, um, Luke, who Cecily went on that awful, like disastrous oh, yes. blind date with. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a it was a fun opposite to track book. Um, I had a lot of fun writing it. It starts off like with her getting a promotion. So she's moving to San Francisco. Um, she's an awkward turtle like me. So like, so she needs to work on like her, her team, like leadership skills and things like that. And she moves there. And then 
decides that she just needs to blow off some steam and maybe work on chatting up the bartender. Um, but, you know, things go awry. There's tequila involved. Like, I always maintain no good ever comes from tequila. <laughs> <laughs> Which results in a one-night stand. And they're never supposed to see each other again in life. But they run into each other. And he proposes a deal. He, for reasons passing understanding, is an extrovert. He likes people. I, I don't get it, but he insists he is. So, like, so he is going to help Rachel, like, develop those social skills, networking skills, and those leadership skills so he can, she can nail this promotion and, and make it permanent and stay here. And in return, she's a financial analyst. And so she, she is going to help him because he's decided that it's time to think about going off on his own uh, as a solo practitioner. He's an attorney. So they decided they're going to do the swap. Uh, but the deal is, just to keep things easier, like they're they're going to do this as friends. All clothes are staying on. That's the rule. Mm. So I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <I love> it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, super excited about it. Um, as I said, Thank I've you. been very busy. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but. I love the year of Cecily and I can't oh, wait thank to, you. to get back into, into <laughs> mm -hmm. your little world that you've created. Uh, Absolutely. And that's available. Is that, is, um, when's that releasing again? It released on May 16th. So it's oh, okay. widely so available. Get out wherever is, your books are sold. Yes. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you so much, you two, for coming back, Sarah, for returning to your little creation Always. here for an episode. Always. And Elisa, so good to have you back as a guest. Oh, thank you. I had so Club. much fun. Mm -hmm. It was nice to geek with somebody else about this stuff. <laughs> I knew it would be, I knew it would be a great time for both of you. So thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be a fly on the like, wall. You just like sat back and let us talk. Like you did, you right. just. <laughs> this is the Sarah and Lisa episode. <laughs> yes, yes it is. <laughs>